I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation. Basketball. Football and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Hello, thanks for joining us on an episode of Cats by 90, a podcast brought to you by SB Nation's A Sea of Blue. The boys are back together, Drew Brown, Aaron Gershon, been a few weeks, Aaron, since the two of us have gotten together. I know we had Bradley McKee on, Terry Lambert to preview Tennessee, but glad to be back, man. Good to talk to you. Yeah, you too, man. I was saying it last week. It feels like it's been almost like a month or something between getting sick and schedules and all that, so it is good to be back. Yeah, it's been a minute, man, and we haven't done an In My Feelings segment together in quite some time, so I'll kick it off. Um Always lots to be thankful for, but I got some cool stuff in the works that I don't want to spread too many details because I'm still formulating the plans, but I've been playing a little more basketball lately, and I'm definitely planning on putting on some type of like three-on-three charity basketball tournament or something this summer, possibly late spring. So I'm hyped about that. I'm still putting some feelers out, but I've been hooping a little bit with Travis Graff from Cats Illustrated, TJ Walker, and uh, Jack Pilgrim, so trying to do that stuff. But I'm excited about it, Aaron. I should hopefully be able to have more details as the weeks go along here. That's awesome. Fun and for a good cause. Doesn't get better than that. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm trying to trying to recruit some heavy hitters so we can really <laughs> raise some money and have some fun. But, man, things have pissed me off. I was kind of lucky. I'm trying to trying to honestly really think of something. Um, I'll just throw an easy one out. I was, you know, I'm a businessman, so I got to wear stupid, like, <laughs> shirts and ties to work every day, which I hate because, you know, I'm super tall. So, just hard being comfortable. So I found some like tall made shirts, work shirts. I was really hyped about getting and it said they got delivered on my front porch today, but they are not there. So now Ugh. I'll be in, doing a FedEx That's the deal. Worst. Yeah. So I've never had that happen before, honestly, with like a you FedEx know. type delivery, but yeah, that kind of sucked. I was looking forward to maybe some more comfortable work attire, but Hey, it, I'm sure it'll turn up. I'll, you know what? My house back home, I'm not going to give my full address, but the house number is four and a half. I don't know oh, why. Wow. It's not half a house. It's not an apartment, a duplex, you name it. It's a house. So we get that we get that all the time. And it's Is that like a there. common thing in Connecticut for houses no. to have half numbers? Yeah. No, it's oh, not. God, that never even, yeah, I've never heard of, actually, believe it or not, that a very similar situation where I was going with my uh unhappy version of this segment here is um back in God, September now, uh, I did the, I covered the Brewers post game celebration for Sirius XM. And I've been, you know, they owed me money for that and all that. And I've been trying to figure out where the hell my check was. And they put the address in wrong. And I still can't get that check. And I had to go through like four different people trying to get it. So that's exactly where I was going with it. It's kind of, it's very similar. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's crazy. That one must suck, man. I know that if you had a half number on your house, you'd be having to oh. explain every pizza delivery every single time. So that that must suck. But uh, did you have a good thing? So that was what pissed you off. Did you have a good thing? Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any other bad things, honestly. Good wise, um, I have to say these last two weeks have been extraordinarily busy, and but got a lot done during them. So I'm happy about that. And next week should be a little lighter, and I'm really looking forward to it. I hear that, man. I feel like we say this week after week, but it's like, man, this seems like so much stuff's going on all the time. Oh, yeah. But I'm excited, man. I haven't seen you in a minute either. So, uh, you know, I went to Auburn. Um, so yeah. that was fun. I had a lot of fun there. I skipped the nine o'clock follow up game to that just because of <laughs> I was going to be tired. Don't but, um, I, guess, I guess you'll be at Rupp Arena uh, Saturday, right? Yeah, absolutely. Two o'clock. I'll actually be there tomorrow night for a concert, too. So I might as well sleep there. <laughs> what concert's there tomorrow? Uh, it's Luke Combs. It's my girlfriend's favorite. So it's her related nice, okay. birthday nice. slash Valentine's gift. Is that like bro country, Luke Combs? I feel like that's familiar. Mm, yeah, he's he's Kinda. yeah he's pretty. It's, it's pretty up to date country. Yeah, he's really good. He's yeah. very talented. So should be fun, and it'll make her happy. So hey, hey, val- oh yeah, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Well, man, knock that one out of the park, <laughs> and well done, well done. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to preview the Saturday's basketball game because one of the best players in the conference is coming to Rupp Arena. Yeah. But got to talk football, man. So it's Thursday night, literally any moment now, Aaron, we could see some Vince Merrill news break. Um, there's no telling exactly when an announcement's going to be made as far as his future goes at Kentucky. But I would expect it sooner than later. I'm actually thinking about like this time tomorrow, we'll probably know what's up. Yeah, I would. I'd hope so. I think that Really, you got to get the show on the road if you're going to Michigan State or at Kentucky either way because there's a lot at stake here. Um, Obviously, just talking about on the BBI, if you lose Marrow, uh, it's a a killer. It really is because so many of the guys that Kentucky probably couldn't have even got on a visit uh, before Marrow and Stoops came in here, uh, those are the the guys that Marrow connected with on a personal level. Um, Today, I've... um, you know, they're t- some of the early enrollees at the media session were saying he's a father figure to them, like a second dad. Uh, and if you lose that, man, I mean, I'm not saying Kentucky would go back to the – I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as going back to winning, you know, two to four games a year. But, I mean, I think you could lower expectations for recruiting. And I also think it makes these next couple of years right now critically important to win now while you have – you know, those recruits signed up and you have the um, talent that you have on this roster because I just don't I don't see them going and getting four and fives um, all the time. You know, if Vince does leave and I might be wrong because everyone wants to be in the SEC at the end of the day. Mark Stoops is, you know, very well respected. And Steve Clinksdale, the uh, special uh, excuse me, the defensive backs coach is a great recruiter in his own right. He's the one who got Justin Rogers. He's the one who got Joel Williams. who's was talking today, uh, four star defensive back. So I've kind of thought out that he would probably be the guy to keep the defensive back title and also move to recording recruiting coordinator. That'd be my guess at least, but I don't think there's any, there's really very few Vince Marrows. That's why Michigan state's paid to pay him a million dollars to do what he's doing here. Essentially. There's no denying. I mean, we just did this Aaron. There's no denying his importance to the football team. You know, as far as Youngstown state goes, like we just kind of went through all this and he's just a monumental figure in that he's like, and it's not even like he's kind of a behind-the-scenes guy and, it, you know, it just comes to light how important he is. Like, he's kind of the face of a lot of the program and people know him 
So it's critical. It really is. And it sounds like Kentucky has made a, you know, essentially a matching type offer, um, which leads me to believe that he's yeah. going to stay. I honestly think he's going to stay. But the timing's really weird too, Aaron. You know, I saw Adam Luckett from Kentucky Sports Radio put out today the video. Like they're just now announcing the head coach like today. Yeah. So it does seem well, like moving very fast to put a staff together like this. Yeah, and I think I think it's because it has to be. I mean, we're already in February. The 2020 recruiting period's already over, and you know, Michigan State kind of got blindsided by the Mark D'Antoni news. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, they had to have gotten blindsided by it because you would have had a coach in place by by now, and kind of like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and Mike Leach at Mississippi State, they did a lot of the recruiting at the end of. Uh, this year signing period so I think Michigan State must have been blindsided by this and then the whole situation with Mel Tucker which is the reason why uh, you know Kentucky's at risk of losing Mara they're close friends very similar to how he is with Stoops but that whole thing the original reports by all accounts were that Tucker did not didn't have it didn't want anything to do with the job he tweeted out a thing to Colorado fans assuring him he was staying and then they hit him with an unrefusable offer I mean 5.5 5.5 million the first year going up to 7. Point million per year. I mean, 7 million per year. I mean, how the hell can you deny that when you're, I, I just, I don't know why they're paying him that money. They must really, really, really feel like he's the guy, but he's already tight with Marrow and he knows obviously that Mar- he tried to get Marrow at Colorado. I was reading that as well. So this is a guy he's been targeting and now he has the money to back it up and make it really interesting. So Vince Merrow set this year, 2020, to make 625000 Next year, 2021, 650000 So he's already really highly paid, you know. And we yeah. can't really go back anymore, Aaron, to say, oh, this is just a like a pay bump scare tactic, which it still it's could not. end up working out that way. It probably will. But, you know, yeah, this is just a, on the heels of potentially, you know, talking about taking a head coaching job. So I just sure. don't see it, though, Aaron, too, because, like, He's just put so much work, effort, blood, sweat, and tears into building this class. And Kentucky is just loaded next year um, with mm-hmm. a lot of players that he brought in. So you just have to assume that he wants to see that come to fruition and, and be on the sidelines to potentially watch something special. Oh, and I 100% agree. And I, my thing is always with this since it broke was if the money is very close or uh, obviously UK matches evenly or more, he's going to stay. I think. I think that's what he wants at the end of the day, but there is as much as we don't, as fans don't like it and we don't like it that it's all about the money. It's understandably when you're getting that type of money to be a recruiting coordinator, which, you know, simply recruiting coordinators, record, recruiting coordinators who are not, you know, OCs or DCs don't make this type of money. So it, it's almost an, kind of like the Mel Tucker situation. You just can't pass it up. It's a really, really difficult. So if Marrow does leave, I think it would be because Kentucky's counter wasn't even in the ballpark. But I think if it's in, you know, if it's pretty close or even or, again, substantial, it, it's he's going to stay. I Like you said, he wants to see this thing through. He, they got a real chance to win the East this year. And like you said, do some special things. They've already done some special things, but I don't think they're where they quite want to be yet. I think they're close. So I think if the money's close, he's staying and finishing this thing, like you said. And then I think I think no doubt in my mind he will be a head coach, uh, possibly at a Power Five school in the next three years, no doubt. Yeah, 
No, I think there's no denying, you know, it's pretty much just whenever he wants to step away and either take a head yep. coaching job or, you know, and it's the same thing. We're probably, we're going to be having this conversation about Mark Stoops regularly as well. You know, maybe not this time of year as much, but if Kentucky comes out and performs the way that they're going to have the talent on the roster to show, it's, it, it's going to be a carousel all the time, which is, you know, a, a product of success, I guess. But so again, it's Thursday night, literally any minute we could be, talking about this I, I seriously doubt it'll go through the weekend I think that he'll make some type of statement I yeah. would assume tomorrow but yeah I would rivals definitely assume before the long weekend with President's yeah. Day yeah rivals reported that we should know about tomorrow so uh Justin Rowland over there he's very reliable hopefully he'll be right <laughs> like he usually is and get this thing over with for everybody one way or another All right. Uh, let's keep it on the football train here on the Cats by 90 podcast. We appreciate you listening. Um, so I know you've been around the football team a little bit, Aaron, right? Yeah, like bright and um, early. I've been interested to see just kind of this week. We've been having some news come out. I know, you, I know you've been covering it. So just what were your thoughts, I guess, on some of the newcomers and standouts and what was your takeaways? Yeah. Uh, pretty impressed. Pretty impressed. I mean, they did, some of them really didn't come off as 17, 18 year old kids. <laughs> uh, really impressive group. Um, so bright and early, by the way, 8 a.m. starts. Whew. But um, <laughs> uh, yesterday mm-hmm. was uh, the headliner for me. There were a lot of big names yesterday. You've had Joey Gatewood, obviously the transfer from Auburn. And, you know, he you could tell he's a veteran. He's been through the SEC before, and he's been around. And that kind of showed. Um, still impressive kid. Bo Allen, uh, pretty well known around here, obviously being a Lex Catholic quarterback. But the guy who stood out for, I think, everybody, including myself, was Samuel Anali. Anelli, that is a defensive end, um, four-star prospect from Florida. And I personally, I, I, I didn't know this background story on him, but he is Nigerian born and he only got to the United States because he was doing one of those basketball camps. And the plan for him was to come over to the States, get an education and play, you know, play basketball and, you know, get a basketball scholarship. Well, he falls in love with football. He just said it was it was love at first sight, and he specifically said he loves playing defensive end, outside linebacker to chase people around. So it's pretty funny about that and that whole story. I mean, he's a very soft spoken, mature kid. It was a really he was really really impressive, and he was talking about how uh, last week he had his first lifetime snow um, encounter because obviously living in Florida plus Nigeria, you're not going to get that. So really really intelligent kid and really fascinating story. Yeah, I've, I, everything I was reading a couple of days ago is just how captivating his personality was and a few different guys. But uh, specifically, Aaron, I wanted to ask you, did you get a chance to talk to or all I've been hearing is about how enormous Joey Gatewood is? Yeah, he's enormous, is right. He, he he's I don't want to say he's built like a tight end because he's still a little, he's tall. He's kind of built like a tall, you know, wide receiver or maybe even an outside linebacker. He's just he's absolutely jacked. He's like I said, he's not necessarily. Uh, buff or, um, like busty, but he's just, he's just a big dude. He's tall. He's muscular in the arms. And yeah, he, he definitely looks like a guy who's going to be hard to bring down, uh, when his time comes. And I know he did say he is, uh, trying to get a waiver for this year, but I think it would be better for Kentucky almost if he doesn't, because one, you don't have quarterback controversy. And I know you have the red shirt. He already burnt, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. He already burned a red shirt year. So he has only got two left and. In my mind, it's going to be him or Bo Allen, probably Gatewood as the starter of the next two years 
um, after this one because you lose Sawyer Smith and Terry Wilson. So I think it'd just be better for UK to have less distraction with that because then, you know, if Terry struggles coming off the injury, I think Terry's done enough for this program where even if he is struggling, you let him finish this thing out. Um, so I think it'd be better for everyone involved if he doesn't get the waiver or at least sits out this year. But, you know, you know if that's what he wants, then you root for the kid at the same time. What a time to be alive, mid-February, mid and we're just hyped up over Kentucky football. And what about, uh, that just reminded me, did you see the athletic article today that detailed the best college football jobs in the country and, like, they made an yeah. outstanding case that Mark Stoops has the best job in the country at Kentucky? Yeah. Kentucky and Purdue, right? So <laughs> two basketball schools, especially Kentucky. Dude, that's so true, school. though, man. Like, in my, in my like, you know, corp, like, career life, like, real job life, yeah. You know, the older I get, the more that I kind of learn that, too. Like, I'm constantly, like, and I'm positioned really well now, like, looking for a situation that there, there's just so much more to it, I guess, than goes into it than just, like, money and things like that. Like, the pressure, I guess, is a good way to put it. You know, like, you work sales and stuff. If you're in an important location or store or bank or whatever, the pressure and the spotlight's just always there, just like college football and sure. some of these programs. So when you can find yourself in that situation, that's like, a good mix of both. Like, you have the resources to win. People want to win. The fan base is good. But, you know, Mark Stoops wasn't going to get five, six, seven years to build a program um, anywhere else in the SEC, no. you know, maybe a short list of schools. So it was an interesting article. And I thought yeah, pretty very. cool now that a lot of people are trying to see what I think most Kentucky fans have known for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a pretty damn good job because it's, it's the SEC. Um, the pressure isn't, like you said, you had uh, Mitch Barnhart and his staff gave you know, him the time to, you know, build this thing up pretty much from the ground up. He was really, you know, the Joker Phillips two, last two years, you know, he was coming into a situation where Kentucky had been coming off back-to-back two and ten seasons, you know, hadn't won an SEC game, obviously. So he's handled it amazingly well with patience and the guy he needs most by him side, his side, Vince Marrow, you hope he stays, but Stoops alone, man. I mean, he's, He's in a great situation here. He's loved here by the fan base. I, I, I mean, between him and Marrow, it's. Uh, it, I, I understand that it's, you know Marrow being the guy who's recruiting all these names. Uh, fans are going nuts about, and maybe he even would get more uproar if he left than Stoops. But man, Stoops is the. You can just see these players love him, and I, even Joel Williams, who's one of the signees uh, who was there today, was saying how he's like, damn, you know, this guy coached Ed Reed, like. Mark Stoops, Coach Ed Reed, back when he was at Miami, he's like, I want to be the next Ed Reed, and that's why he's here. So it's, that's such an invaluable guy and in what he's done. He He's definitely in the conversation, I would say. I mean, everyone's behind Bill Bryant, but he's got to be right there with the best coaches in UK history, football-wise. I'm excited, man. I'm excited already for some football. I think next year is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to your coverage and all the stuff you'll bring to the podcast, but all right, we got to talk some hoops now, but before we get into basketball stuff, uh, let's take a quick break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, and we are back. Cats by 90 podcast. Drew Brown, Aaron Gershon, Thursday night. Um, first, Aaron, it just got announced just, uh, I guess, some hours ago, maybe earlier today. I guess you saw um, Devin Booker got yeah. s- snuck in on the All-Star team. Dame, uh, Dame's hurt, so Devin Booker's in, and he's doing the three-point shooting contest. So yeah. good for Which him. He won- yeah, he already won that thing once. And, yeah, he was a snub, I think, originally from the All-Star game. And, you know, the All-Star game is so tough because the NBA is just – there's. I'd say 20 to 30. Nah, I wouldn't even go that much. I'd say there's about 15 to 20 elite players. And you kind of, what, every All-Star game has 20. So you got to pretty much get all of them in and then maybe sprinkle in a couple guys. So with that, you're going to snub some of those elite players and Booker and Bradley Beal to come top of mind just the snub guys. But you never root for injury. But for Booker to get in, that's pretty special. And I also saw Damian Lillard, who's replacing in those uh, contest is still going to be at the All-Star Game wrapping, so at least he'll be there. <laughs> yes. So I was excited <laughs> to see Dollar. Devin Booker make the All-Star Game. I don't really remember remember all of the stats, but some of those stats I saw the day that the All-Stars were announced, like Devin Booker being like, we need the only people not to make it for this reason and that reason and this reason. So it did seem pretty absurd. So glad he snuck yeah. in on a roster. But what about Kentucky's big win uh, Tuesday night, Aaron? Do you think – what do you think is more realistic, that the first half Kentucky Wildcats yeah. are the ones we're going to see, uh, you know, heading to the tournament or the second half? I sure the hell hope it's the second half. <laughs> I think it is the second half. Yeah, though. I would hope. I mean, yeah. yeah, you would think. Well, the first half, <clears throat> obviously Kentucky turned the ball over. Higgins had the early turnover. Uh, they were playing pretty sloppy, but – you know, Vanderbilt was just out of their minds. And I think Kentucky didn't really – I mean, I don't want to say they didn't plan for it, but I think they kind of let them shoot, knowing that they've killed them. They've kind of – Vanderbilt's kind of shot themselves in the foot, rotting and dying by the three. And most of the time they've been, you know, the latter to that. They've, I mean, they've had a game where I think they were 0 for 25. So they were just hitting shots left and right. And they have some dudes, that Vanderbilt team. I think Jerry Stackhouse has something – special brewing i don't think it's quite there but you know four really good scoring guys on that team especially saban lee and pippen jr but i think it was kind of just a typical vandy kentucky first half where vandy just comes out on fire and then in the second half it just shows which team is a hell of a lot better and uk like you said on the big blue insider when you joined us earlier it was really possibly their most dominant half of basketball maybe definitely in conference play and maybe you know since EKU or some of the games. Yeah, I think all season. I think they, they, they really, yeah, I said they really pounded EKU. Yeah. Other but, than that, they didn't. Yeah, it was such really a bizarre pound game, man, Just the fact that, like, right. Yeah, they haven't, I, I know we talked about that earlier. They haven't dominated anybody. So that was good to see. 51 yeah. to 28 in the second half. But it was, it was just yeah. bizarre, Aaron, because, like, yeah, to your point, they normally have a little bit of struggle against Vandy, then they come back and play well. 
But it was just weird, the peaks and valleys of that thing, man. I mean, yeah. they looked awful. I think, what, they get down 13 points or something like that? 14. And yeah. then we're able to come back and just absolutely destroy them in the second half. So, so hopefully that carries over because big point of all of this right now, as far as Kentucky basketball goes, is one of the best players in the country, um, or yeah. definitely the conference, I guess, uh, with Brian Tyree coming into Rupp Arena on Saturday. That dude is lighting it up. 101 points in his last three games. That's insane. Yeah. 101 it's, points in his last three. Yeah, it's the craziness with the SEC this year. Or it seems like almost every team has a dude, but you know they're not on very good teams. I think Anthony Edwards comes to mind. He's probably the best player in the country, and that Georgia team is just bad. But Ole Miss lately. God, they're uh, with, so trash. Yeah. Who's that, Ole Miss? Or Georgia? <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, oh, Georgia. Yeah, they're complete oh, trash. Yeah. They really are. We've seen them twice. They're not very good. And they it sucks for Anthony Edwards, but that was his decision. Anyway, uh, Ole Miss, though, they're red hot right now. They're winning games. I mean, they smacked Florida uh, on their home court. Uh, in Ole Miss's home court, that is. And then, you know, you think, all right, Florida's having a bad year. Mississippi State is on the bubble right now. And we saw them come here. Kentucky played pretty well. But Mississippi State is... Probably the most physical team in the SEC, um, and definitely Reggie Perry, one of the best players in the country. And Mississippi beat their in-state rivals by twenty-five. I mean, twenty-five, <laughs> 25. Yeah, twenty-five. So crazy. And they're so they're the hot. I mean, they're right now. And before that, they beat South Carolina by fourteen. Obviously, we know how Kentucky played against South Carolina. Uh, they Auburn. They only lost by one. It went to overtime. So this is a team that can do. When they get hot, they're as good as anybody in the SEC. And I know Kyle Tucker was saying he thought they were going to be a tournament team before the year. Uh, I think they were a tournament team last year, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like, you know, the record, they're better than the record. There's no doubt about it. But Kentucky's at home. Other than the Evansville debacle, they've been undefeated on their home court. And I mean, this is a game you should, if you want to win the SEC and you want to go deep in March, you got to win a game like this where you're home. It's against, you know, another conference foe that you're better than. They're playing well. But you got to prove you can beat the teams that are hot because if you don't beat a hot team in March, you're done. We saw that with Auburn where Kentucky might have been the better team than Auburn last year, but Auburn was hotter. So you got to – I think beating a hot team is always big. So if they can go out and, you know, get a pretty convincing, I would say like an eight-plus, you know, point-plus victory, I think that would be – uh, really big for this team going into a huge game down in Baton Rouge on Wednesday. I haven't seen a spread at all for Saturday's game. I'd be I'll interested on to it. see that because I'm not sure because scorching hot team, Ole Miss coming in. But I'm pretty confident, Aaron, because th- just with this three guards that, that Kentucky has, they all can do something different defensively. Yeah. So I feel like there's just, there's just too much they can throw at him. And he could still have a big game, but I don't expect him to well, be able to I have think- a big enough game to carry Ole Miss to win. You know, that's a good point. I feel like, and there might have been a couple instances where the numbers were inflated, but I feel like for the most part, really the last two years, Kentucky has done a really good job at stopping the other person's superstar. Like, I mean, I know Richie Perry ended that game against Miss, what they had with the Mississippi State with a double-double, but overall, I mean, he was having a really yeah, tough totally night. Him, I mean, Anthony Edwards, the first half of the home game at Rupp Arena, no points. I mean, going back to last year, Fletcher McGee, the best three-point shooter in college basketball history, 
went 0 for 12 from downtown with Tyler Hero all over him. So Cassius Winston, they locked him Cassius up in the Winston, first game of the season. Him up. Yeah, we, Jordan Norwa. I mean, we can go on and on. So I think Kentucky will do just fine on their on their guy. But at the same time, you know, this is a hot team and it takes more than one to get hot. It really does. So it's a dangerous matchup. But at the same time, uh, it's a team. Like I said, I think beating hot teams is always big because that's the type of team you're going to have to beat in March. It's the type of team that's knocked Kentucky out the last two years. You've had Kansas State, who's a nine seed. Uh, obviously, that means they had to have beat the number one seed in the bracket that year. I forget who that was, uh, who Kentucky's one seed was. But then they beat UK, obviously, and got to the Elite Eight. So, hot teams win in March, and you got to prove you can beat them at all times, in my opinion. This team just needs to figure out how not to have those just terrible stretches during yeah. games because – We've seen this time after time again now. they, You know, there's a point in the game where you're just kind of disgusted with the play that they're showing and think that there's no way you're going to leave this game feeling good about anything. And then they end up, you know, having a good second half or a good stretch of basketball where you, you see their potential and you think it's good. But Ashton Hagens, I think, needs to come out, have another good, consistent, strong game like yeah. he did down in Nashville because, you know, he was kind of getting to be, you know, kind of nervously inconsistent there. and. Definitely righted the ship um, at Vandy because, I mean, gosh, he almost had a triple-double, and he just dominated the second half. He was the best player on the floor. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, I was getting worried, man. I thought it, it started to look a lot like last year where he just, in February, he hit that wall, and it was just, you know, it's downhill from there, and he really cost them as the season went on. Uh, I know he had a good game against Tennessee in the tournament, SEC tournament, but other than that, he was pretty, he was awful. <laughs> he really was, and... These last the last three games before the uh, you know the great game he had against Vanderbilt he, he just he stunk I mean there's no other way of saying it he'll probably be the first to admit it uh, turning the ball over committing silly fouls like go on and on but you know the way he played against Vanderbilt they they don't necessarily need a near triple double every night but I think they need you know one or less turnovers they need you know high assist numbers and you know, make the shots that he should make. And, you know, you have one, you have the best on ball defensive, uh, defensive point guard in the country when he's on. And you have a pretty damn good offensive guard when he's on as well. And I think also, I think, I know he said, um, earlier this week when we, before the Vanderbilt game, he said he's not trying to do too much. Uh, I think he is trying to do too much because, you know, he, before the year, I think he was the guy that everyone zeroed in on and said, Hey, When's the last time we had a veteran point guard at Kentucky? It just doesn't happen very often. And they knew the importance of that. And I think at first, you know, he was playing against mediocre competition. He still had some pretty good games against, you know, SEC foes and all that. But he's really um, hit a wall for a couple of games. And there's a lot of pressure on him because, you know, outside of Nick and Emmanuel, no one really – I don't think that, and Ty, I wouldn't even say Tyrese yet. I don't think anyone else has been consistent on this team. I think the only consistent players that have brought it almost every game have been Emmanuel Quickly and Nick Richards. And Ashton Hagens feels like he has no choice but to be consistent as well. So I think there's a lot going through his head. And if he can clear it a little bit like he did on Tuesday, he'll be fine and the team will be fine. One thing I've always noticed about Ashton every time I'm around the team or warm ups or at post game, pre game, whatever. He always kind of is the same. I don't ever see him down yeah. on himself. So that's the biggest reason I've never been down on him or, or long-term concerned about his play because he's proven he has the ability to be one of the best guards in the country. And just the fact that I know his approach and his mindset has always been pretty consistent. And he's not concerned 
always no. made me feel good. So, what about uh, what do you? What's your score prediction and stuff? Who do you, do you think Kentucky wins Saturday, and how yeah. much we can wrap up a little bit here? Sure. Uh, yeah, I haven't thought much about it. I think Kentucky does win. Um, it it kind of has that feel of kind of like an Alabama game or one of those type of teams where you know they're right. like I said, coming in hot. Uh, I think I think it's probably going to be a little higher scoring than normally. I'd say like eighty. I'll go eighty three seventy three UK. So ten. I I didn't see a spread out on a body. Yeah, I'm trying to, to see that. I, I don't know why I can't like find it. Kentucky. Five, maybe five and a half, yeah, four and a half. I'm I not think, sure. That'll be interesting. It might, not, it might not have more. Yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't. Because yeah, I was surprised. That, I was really surprised that Kentucky being favored by 11 down at Vanderbilt. I thought that was like real high, and then they ended, it looked <laughs> yeah, they hit it. extremely <laughs> to be true, and so and they ended up covering, which was crazy. Yeah. But um, I say I think Kentucky wins as well. I think it's going to be maybe a little closer than that. I say it's Kentucky like 76, Ole Miss 70. So. It'll be interesting, but I'm I'm be excited to see you, man. It'll be first time in a long time. So appreciate everybody for listening and um I will see you on Saturday, Aaron, and um yeah. probably record another podcast here next week or so. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by 90 on Twitter at Cats by 90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at A Gershon99 and at Big Blue Drew33. And remember. No matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.